Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by Dickie Borthwick. We've spoken to him before. He's 86 and he's decided now is the time to retire from competitive football. I think he's gone early. Yeah, I think he has. I think he had a couple of years left in him. You know, you're a long time retired, aren't you? (laughs) But uh, no, he was on good form, Dickie. He's a great guy. Hopefully they're going to... Do him proud next year of the farewell match. He was telling us all about that. Um, Martin Kellner joined us with a week of sport on TV. Yes. Uh, Mike Ward looked at some of the non-sporting telly, didn't he? He did. And uh, we had a bit of a conversation about various things. I made a presentation, a sporting yeah, presentation, live on air. Very very honoured, yeah. it was, Which you'll hear as well. And I think that should just about do you, shouldn't it? Uh, don't forget, uh, the Clips of the Week podcast is all, uh, also available where you got this one, if you want to have a listen back. But for now, here's the best bits of this afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Paul, and we're going to talk about the Leicester game. And uh, you watched it. I watched it. It was a very exciting game, but honestly, conference playoffs. There's a terrible ring about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really sounds like something you wouldn't want to be in. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some decent sides dropping into it as well. And I know um, um, Brendan Rodgers said he hadn't really given it much thought, but they could get a tricky tie, couldn't they? Really, probably do without the whole. Although they wouldn't get as they dropped Mm. into it, they wouldn't get a tough one in that at that stage. But they they had chances. I mean, James Madison. Did you see that miss? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. But the other, if you're not aware of this, the yeah. Leicester fans um, had to be shipped to the ground um, and with a police escort. But someone messed up. Jake Watson, uh, our very own, who was who was there uh, in the coach, um, will will fill us in on this. It was fairly mad. They got about 25 minutes into the game. They missed. They were two 0 down when they got there. The I Leicester wonder if Gary fans. Lineker was on the coach because that was the thing, wasn't he? he? Gave up BT so he could follow Leicester. He did in talk Europe. about going with his yeah. boys to games. So I mean, Naples yeah. would be a, a good gig. Absolutely. I don't know if he was on the official supporters coach or not. Then afterwards, I, I watched, and just like that, I thought it was going to be about Tommy Cooper, but it was a reboot of Sex and the City. Oh, is well. it, you see, it's called and just like that. Is it, does he play all the parts? <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Sex and the City. So I, t- I don't know any of their characters' names. That thing where he's Samantha said. Samantha, turn around, ask Samantha. Don't do that. Sex and the City. And you're turning, you know, when he had half the clothes on of a woman and half of another woman, that would yeah, be. That yeah. Anyway, you get the idea with that. He really do need to have seen a lot of very old shows really? involving Tommy Cooper. Now, yes. Um, before we're going to talk about the cricket with Derek yeah. Pringle. Um, we were talking in the office. The other day, uh, in your absence, yes, um, because how good it is. I said, Cameron, I said, no, I said, Cam, no, that wasn't it. I said, Cameron Green, he's got me known as Baggy 
in yeah. the in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So then we got into the story of when I went on the tour of the MCG. Yeah. Um, and I said to you before I went to Melbourne, anything you'd like me to get you? you said, can you get me a replica baggy green? And I said, yeah, of course I will. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they sell them in the uh, MCG mm. club shop. So I go there and I do the tour. And honestly, um, they were a bit stuck up. I mean, yeah. you think Lords is bad, <laughs> yeah. but oh, the old Melbourne Cricket Club, I remember, yeah. they were very snooty. And um, and the great traditions, etc., etc. So at the end, I made the great mistake of saying, "Excuse me, can you buy a replica baggy green mm. in the uh, in the club shop?" And the look at <laughs> disgust on this. He said, "No, it's sir. because it's a great honour. I do understand. The it. only way you can get a baggy green is to play for Australia." Yeah, I thought, "Oh, go on, mate. You've put me in my place. Thanks very much." A big <laughs> gang of people there smirking at me. Fair enough. So, at which point I I, I relayed that story to Charlie and to John and Jamie, mm. our production team, and John gets on the computer, taps away, and says. Uh, they sell them on uh, Amazon. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> really? So um, I started to look it up and I found this news story. Uh, um, the um, Australian uh, cricket authorities are investigating a flood of replica Australian test caps uh, on eBay, apparently at this stage, which oh, are yeah. being made in India. They're coveted and there's been no way in the past oh, yeah. of actually getting uh, a baggy green. So um, I know it's about 10 years later than you expected and I've decided this is going to be your Christmas present, right? Yeah. But I've decided to give it to you earlier. <laughs> really? And the reverse psychology... <laughs> I mean, ideally, Adam Gilchrist would be what here. A, what a marvellous should I tell you, we should have got our Aussie boss in to present it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to wind him up. But um, anyway, yeah. uh, so I, I, I'm going to present you with uh, your own baggy green, Andy, on the basis that... That if you start wearing it and you sully the baggy I'll, green, I'll put it on straight away. They I'll will bomb. The Aussies will bomb. So uh, well what played, Andy. Thank you so much. I want you to treat this with the with the honour. I, I tried to buy my son a green jacket, an Augusta green jacket, because he loves his are. golf. We'll get a picture of Andy in the. It's one size fits, yeah. so it looks big enough. I've not taken out the wrapping, but go on to put that on. Yeah, put the baggy the same, green on. That's great, isn't it? Thank you so much. Fabulous. Put that it? on. Let's see how you look in it. Yeah, look. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah look. Already he's saying, yeah, look, no, yeah. look. No, that's, look, yeah, it look. It doesn't take... Yeah, look. It just, I'll just start you're sledging you in the brakes. <laughs> oh, Spit it out, mate. It's going to be great, isn't it? What yeah. a brilliant thing. As I say, yeah, I tried to buy the it, green it, jacket. You do look a bit like... Uh, <laughs> um, what Australian cricket it looks like this. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, you do look a bit like Terry Scott when he's saying, my brother. So that's one for Martin Kellner this afternoon and Morris Hamilton. Yeah. Um, anyway, I couldn't anyway. get this green jacket. Jacket. They wouldn't sell it to they me. They wouldn't either. sell you that. You they wanted do, the green you blazer. Can, you can buy the green jacket and the badge separately, yeah. and you have to put the badge on yourself. So, so I've given it to you early on the basis yeah. that you sullying it means uh, that they will be quite terrible at cricket from now, and we'll win this first test. Yeah, we'll watch come it back and sit at home, watch it. Overnight. It will honestly. That'll make a honestly, big difference. Like, even last night, John John Norman said to me, "Don't bother to stay up." <laughs> He's normally quite optimistic. I know, but no, we got. We, I mean, we're going to talk. Him, talk. I'm not. I'm relying on prostate checks. Yeah. To see how the scores <laughs> going. <laughs> We'll talk to uh, Derek Pringle very shortly, but well done to uh, the skipper and to David Milan. It was a great, great knock. And Look, this is the thing, you know, you can lose anything in sport, but yeah. put up a fight, then no one can say anything. I mean, the first two days were utterly pathetic. Yeah, I they mean, weren't they were. Yeah. Was, everything could go wrong, did go wrong, but, you know. And we still have concerns about Rory Burns, and that wasn't meant to rhyme, but it did, and it is close to panto season. Oh, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, we've spoken to Dickie Borthwick before. He's uh, still actively playing football well into his 80s. But unfortunately, has decided uh, at 86, he's going to have to hang up his boots. And uh, he rejoins us now. Dickie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Talk Sport. Yes, lovely to talk to you again. Now, the, it, you've not played for a couple of years because of the, the pandemic and some uh, health issues. And is it the thought then of having to come back and, and play again now to start again is, is a bit too much? I, I think it's going to be too much. You know, two, two years away from um, kicking a ball and then um, two spells of uh, a sciatica. Uh, and on top of that, um, about six weeks ago, I had... Uh, a very severe chest infection, um, which I which I got over all right, but um, I think I'm asking too much of myself to um, to get back into the swing of things now. Yeah, I gather you're going to play a, a final friendly though, so you'll need to do a bit of uh, pre-season before that, won't you? A bit of fitness work. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of training in the back garden there. I, uh, I've got a, a nice big lawn where I can go out and. Um, practice kicking the ball about and uh, just gentle uh, getting back into trim, I suppose. Yes, I'll, I'll need to do that. You were playing pretty regularly, weren't you, for uh, the AFC White Smugglers and, and until uh, even at 83 you were playing pretty regularly. Well, I wasn't playing regularly. Oh. I, I, I came on as a sub um, for three or four games for the, um, for the Smugglers. And then, of course... Uh, COVID came in, and as I explained, mm. um, the sciatica and the, the chest infection, and it just all happened at the same time. So, yeah, I had to think about retirement. What position did you play, Dickie, generally? I, as a young lad, when I was playing football in the north of Scotland, I always played um, sort of left half. That was the old position in those days, mm. left midfield. Um, but when I returned to Weymouth to, to start an apprenticeship, um, 
I was asked to play on the left wing for the for the works team, uh, and ever since then I've sort of played in that in that position. Well, and it's tough for a winger. You got to go up yeah, and down, yeah. haven't you? Really, it is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was up and down best I could. You know, at my age. Yeah. Have I you... didn't have any complaints from the the rest of the lads in the team. They were quite happy for me to play every week. Yeah. Have you been a watcher of football as well as a, a player? I've been a, a Weymouth supporter since I was about 12 years old. And I try to get to every home game down there in all winds and weathers. I, I, I very seldom uh, miss a home game down at Weymouth. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. And I'm also a Man United supporter. Oh, okay. That's less impressive. Oh, yes. That's your club that wins things, as Max would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I was invited up there not well, a few years back, and I, um, my son and I, my son took me up there, and we were treated like, like royalty. It was wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's a great story. The fact you've kept yeah, playing, it's wonderful. I just think it's a it's a sort of testament to you and the fact you know you still love the game and you still want it to turn out competitively. And I mean, there's, you... there's a photo of you in the paper, Dickie, and you've got a very nice new modern pair of boots. And White boots, Dickie. Boots yeah. must have changed a lot over your career. Hang on, hang on. They're, they're not modern. They're about 10 years old. Well, they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're, um... Can I mention the name? Go on, yes, go mad, go, yeah. Yeah, they're Nikes. Oh, wow. Nikes yeah. 90. And they were quite expensive. But they were worth it because I'm still playing in them. Wow. They're I mean, I think they should bring out some Air Borthwicks myself. They, they should bring out the Air Borthwicks. You should have your own <laughs> pair of shoes, I think. That would be if they, if, if Nike yeah. could do that. Ah, no, talking about football boots, mm. three or four years ago, um, I had a team from Norway come over here to do a video. Mm-hmm. And uh, they very kindly presented me with the full Norwegian strip. Wow. After the game, and we went back to the pub, and they made a big issue of it, of um, giving me this this full Norwegian kit, which I've still got. The boots are brand new. I haven't tried them out yet, but uh, there's a game coming up, hopefully, in the warmer weather over at Portland, which is not far away from us. I hope to arrange this game. Nothing definite at the moment, but uh, that's when I'll try them out. That'll be your farewell mm. match. Yeah? You could play in that. Boy, you still playing regularly? Well, I, I, if if selected, yes. I'll, I'll go down there. <laughs> you say that longevity. You put down to you stopped smoking forty years ago. Um, uh, did, that helped. It's probably more than that because right. that, they've got that from an old store. Oh right. It's probably mm. nearer fifty years now. Mm. Um, yeah, I was on thirty a day, and and I. I lit up a woodbine one day and I coughed for, for at least an hour and uh, I couldn't concentrate on my job. So um, I decided to pack it in. And it's the best thing I ever did because now I, I, I hate cigarettes. I can't stand the smell of them. I can't get near them at all. Yeah, well, there we are. So if anybody's thinking of quitting, look at Dickie still playing Save football. Save your money. It's about 30 a day. because your fortune now. Yeah. Well, it would do. It would do. Yeah. I don't know how much a pack of Woodbines cost these days. Do they still make them? I've got no idea. I don't know if they still make them, do they? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I imagine the packaging's changed quite considerably anyway. Yeah. So, but not walking football for you, Dickie. You don't like the idea of that? No, I, I think it, I, I find that hard to, to, to slow down. I, I, I want to play the game as I've always played it. Um, 
No, I'm not interested in that. And especially now I'm 86 years old and with the cold weather and all that. I mean, I do value my my nice warm bed um, uh, when it when it's really bitter cold. I do value my home comforts. I've just looked it up. Woodbines are 133 years old. So they've lasted a lot longer than the people who smoked them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that would be true, to be honest, whether they smoked or not. You know, I think that's a bit of a moot point, really. It probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dickie, um, when do you think this game might happen? You think sort of sometime in the spring well, or something? It's it's just in the back of my mind at the moment. Mm. I've not uh, discussed it with anyone. But in the past... Um, I played on Portland's ground for quite a number of Boxing Day games, and I'm pretty sure that they they would agree to an over 50s game. Yeah. Um, I suppose you call it a testimonial, um, and that that would be probably at the end of the season when there's when there's no games being played on the pitch. Um, but it, it's all in the pipeline at the moment. Let's hope someone's listening today and they, they feel they could put together a Manchester United Legends versus uh, Weymouth Select, including Dickey team. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? A charity oh, game, a few United faces. Would, that would be nice, mate, but I can't see that coming off, can you? Well, not, you never know. If somebody, do, yeah. Someone from the FA, someone from Manchester mm. United may be listening today and uh, well, they might well, want to do something nice for you. I suppose it's big news, really. You know, you don't get many 86-year-olds you know, still wanting a game of football, do you? No, no, so no it's, definitely not. It's quite big news, and um, there, there, there's quite a few spreads in the national papers today. There is. Yeah. Good publicity for for them. They come along, they do their own. Let's come on then. Manchester, the FA, Manchester United, Weymouth, let's see if we can get a few faces along there to send you off in uh, style. We'll, uh, we'll certainly chat to you before that. So, Dickie, well, um, more power to you. Um, have a good Christmas, and we'll speak yeah. to you in the new year before your match. And the same to you. And if you've got the power to do this, you know... If, oh, yeah. You know, oh, we, we do our best. Yeah. We'll put the word in the right ear. They and, know me up there. Uh, they do know me yeah. up there. We'll see what happens. Come on, yeah. man. Come on, Manchester. Sir Alec can manage one of the teams. That would be right. nice. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Uh, cheers, Dickie. All the best. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And to you, there we are, Dickie Borthwick. Who's had a bowl of porridge pre-match, apparently? Yeah, weigh you down a bit. A bowl of, pre-match or every day? But yeah, before games, you'd have a little bowl of porridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fantastic. Good. So what about a long life? Keep off the cigarettes, bowl of porridge. What else did he say? Um, drinking tea. Well, OK, I mean, most of us would be doing that. I think that, Sam had a vat of porridge before yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, Sam I mean, Andy made a bold pronouncement. He said that Sam is the worst Chelsea player he's ever seen. You think how many, how many years they spent in like, Division, so Division 3? I don't know what's happened to you. But to be fair, I've given Timo Werner a bit of clog on here. Yeah. And to be fair, that was his best game Played well, for Chelsea. He? Yeah. By a long, he scored two goals, yeah. he had an assist, and he looked like the Werner... Was there when we first signed. signed him? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So encouraging there from that. Yeah, it's not happening. When somebody gets, can he go back in January or oh, not? Have you got him for the season? Well, you might. They've got him. an option to buy for forty million. I can tell you now, they won't be taking yeah. it out. Well, especially when Tuchel said the after last week. I don't know. I don't know quite what to say after that performance. It doesn't sound. <laughs> they tried like him at wing get... back. It's just, just. I don't know. Something's happened. He was a great player. I don't yeah. know what's happened to him. I mean, that we incredible. were told by our Euro experts he'd had a bit of a duff season before he came to Chelsea, which is why they were prepared to let him out. It's got Every be, time I've seen him be before, confidence, confidence or injury, I can't, can't lose your ability, can you? No, you wouldn't think it just sort of drains mm. away from you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
going to talk a bit of Formula One shortly with Morris Hamilton, a man who's seen many a <laughs> Formula One battle over the years, author, racing historian, etc. So we'll put uh, this weekend into context up against great final days of the F1 season. I can't see him wearing a sweatshirt like Lewis's. I, I, don't, I don't. Well, we'll ask Morris, but I don't know if he has got that particular slogan on any of his clothes. I wouldn't think so. It doesn't strike me as a man that would uh, that would wear a, yeah, a, 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 a purple. Um, I've never understood that. You know, sweat, outfit with an expletive on your clothes. Yeah, it's on the back, isn't it? It's on the like back. He said he didn't realise until he put it on. Really? It's a bit odd, isn't it? Surely he knew. Didn't Surely you're in the shop, you hold it up, and you think, "Oh, what's I that sound?" The back. I don't, oh, goes, I think he's. Got, I don't think he goes shopping. I think he's got he an arrangement. Well, I think Tommy Hilfiger and him have a kind of arrangement. He wears a lot of Tommy Hilfiger stuff. So. Right. I mean, he's not a man that needs particularly needs free clothes. Or no, but that's always that's the way of the world, isn't it? It is. All that's the people right. that get free Richie stuff get the, don't the, get don't need free it. Stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, is that was it? No, it? Yeah, sorry. No, no, I've got something else. <clears throat> I told you that Sam Kerr was like Diego Costa. Didn't I? That she reminded me in the way she played. That was quite Costa-like. Oh, it was tremendous. The barge. The way she took that bloke out, that idiot, was fantastic. She just had enough, hadn't she? You could see he was lauding it. He was filming himself walking slowly off the pitch. People, he's filming it for social media. Honestly, social media is responsible for so many terrible things. These people that would never have happened in the past. It it was. It was at her place of work. It reminded me of when when Keith Richards, that bloke, got on the stage and Keith Richards whacked him with his guitar. That's right. It's a shame she didn't. Remember guitar. She took him out, but the trouble was that, that the... would be odd. You are the ref. <laughs> one of the Chelsea, one of the Chelsea bros brings an electric guitar onto the pitch against Juventus. Do you a ask her to give it to one of the coaches? B say is that plugged in? Yeah. And uh, C say is that, 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 the, that stewed, the stewarding wasn't of the highest quality, was it? <clears> it was sort of she knocked him to the ground, and then two stewards came on, but they. Easily yeah. out. Do you see the Juve um, defender immediately run over to the ref to try and get her booked? Seemed <laughs> getting Brilliant. very busy. Well, she did get booked, obviously. But did she? <clears throat> I think so. Booked. Yeah, she got booked for it as a final. Oh, that's ridiculous. You can't do it though, can you? You can't no. get involved. You know, it's a bit dangerous. She could have got injured and you know, violent you never conduct know. and all well, that. But it was good to see him on yeah, his backside. I liked Not it. that we condone that, of course. Well, I do. Um, <laughs> now, do you like this, Andy? You love a bit of sporting memorabilia. And this is it: the stopwatch used by Norris McGuirt from the Guinness Book of Records to time Roger Bannister's 3-minute 59.4-second mile at Oxford. Yeah, they found in it. It's inaccurate. They've just found out that it's, it's inaccurate. What, it was, the watches? Yeah, it was actually 4 minutes 05. Oh, no, it wasn't, was it? <laughs> no. God, you kept that quiet. Imagine that. Well, it doesn't work, the watch, now. Uh. It doesn't work. It's sold for four grand. It's a Nero Lamaria. And the fans, anybody from Stopwatch. Yeah, we know. We brought, uh, Kev brought in (laughs) Nero Lamaria, did a terrific job, (laughs) as Harry would have said. But yeah, Nero Lamaria, worth about £4,000 and no longer works. I think it worked at the time, but as Andy says, 4.05. Yeah, they tapped it and realised it was always five seconds out. What about that? I've gone on that for 30 years, as they say. Or even longer. Longer, I think it's... uh, 52, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, 1952. Uh, anything else? Uh, yes. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yeah. That, um, oh, yeah. Sorry, while you're doing that, we should thank um, oh, yeah. Blind Dave Healy, our old friend, oh, a yes. charity fundraiser, uh, Albion fan for his Christmas card. Not just to us, all the talk sport listeners, he says. And uh, how the Christmas card is how to speak... How to sp- I can't even speak. How to speak black country this Christmas, and it gives us uh, phrases that we can use. You can take those. Whilst, you? Uh, yeah, yeah well, that's right. Up to Birmingham, um, <laughs> Boston. It gives us one we occasionally use. Yeah. Um, 
Blarting. Uh, we're going to be blarting after the weekend's football. Andy might be, though. Mm. Lummox. Uh, that's if somebody who's a clumsy member of the family gives us. Mm. Kalide. A lot of these I've, I've seen over the... I didn't know these were particularly um, mm. uh, black country, uh, Dave. Fizzog. That's one we often use yeah. outside that part of the world. So thank you very much. We've got a crash call. Remember that day on fantasy football? There was that lad... Tango man, he was from Wolverhampton, but he was a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Oh, and he was yeah. remember, he quite a famous yeah, fella. Yeah, yeah. He used to be in the crowd with his top off in yeah, uh, bald head. That's yeah. right. And he was on fantasy football once. He was. And um Frank, he was in the in the crowd and Frank asked him why he was coming from Wolverhampton, why was he a Sheffield Wednesday? But he did it in the in in the blackest of black country. And honestly, I couldn't understand a word he said. Do you remember that? I do they remember. They had that yeah. little exchange, and it was just it was proper dialect. <laughs> it's good. It was amazing. This week's sign of the apocalypse. Camels have been disqualified from a beauty contest for having Botox. Somebody's been Botoxing their camel. Not a euphemism. <laughs> How desperate would you have to be? Really? Yeah, well, imagine that. I mean, it's not fair. It's cruel, isn't it? You don't know what it's going to do to well, them. It's, it's not right. No, it's not right, really. Yeah. It's not right from a competitive beauty contest point of view, or indeed yeah. injecting animals they... with something they don't want. <laughs> no, exactly. Do the camels eat at Salt Bay afterwards? I think they probably do. They get their own reality most TV people, show on ITV4. Who go there have been Botoxed. Cairo Camels, tonight on ITV4. <laughs> Marvellous. Uh, anyway, we move on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, there it is. The music that signals the arrival of uh, squad number nine. Um, Martin Kellner with a week of sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, boys. You all right? Yeah, we're not bad, Martin. Normally at this stage, I know what you're going to talk about because you post it on your social media oh, outlet. And you, you forgot today, so I've oh, got no, no idea where we're going today. So it's, Well, we're going with uh, BT and the uh, and the cricket. And mm. I heard Andy say earlier in the week that by the time the whole thing's over, there'll be no viewers. But it's they've proved him wrong. I mean, this is going to be, uh, and it, you know, it's going to be worth watching, isn't it? Could be one of well, the about ten overs. Greatest yeah, whatever. Yeah, it yeah. could be a great comeback. It could be fantastic. But I've seen the point unlikely. made, Martin, that um, I think in the Telegraph yesterday was a piece about the uh, the coverage and um, the fact there's there's no, you know, you're there's getting no, the yeah. Aussie feed. You're getting a very yes. Aussie one-eyed view, really. I mean, I know Isha's out there and I think Alison Mitchell's out there, so we've got some um, English uh, uh, commentators but, um, yeah, it, getting the Aussie feed is a bit painful, isn't it, for 25 quid? Yes, it, well, yeah, absolutely it is. But, I mean, they do have the... I mean, I, I, the coverage is OK, but as you say, I mean, you, you're more invested in cricket than I am, so I'm not, not that worried about the Aussies. And then they do have... I mean, uh, Alistair Cook's that's, they, not there. He's in the studio. With Matt Steve Smith, Harmison, yeah. Steve Harmison's in the studio with with Matt Smith. So, um, and I quite like... Um, <laughs> I quite like the Aussies. I like their attitude. Um, Mel Farrell, who introduced mm. the whole thing. Um, but what I understand is when, when you do... Get a, a TV company has something new, something they're not done before. They always believe they've got to have a poem, and the whole thing started on. Oh, uh, it Tuesday wasn't bad. Night. That, but I thought. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> was they, they're all like they're all McGonagall. These poems. It's got uh, <laughs> what is it? My ashes are glowing. They're about to catch fire. Who wants me most? It's a question of desire. <laughs> and oh, I yes. thought, bloody blinky blink. It, it was, you know, the sort of thing you got write when you're about. Bit, si- I think it, yeah. Was, I know, anyway, I was in two thousand. 
London 21. It didn't start, start like that, did it? Or that would have been perfect, wouldn't it? It, it was very much like that. <laughs> not exactly like that. No. But, um, yeah, uh, it's good to... And I'm glad, at least, that, uh, you know, there will, as Andy says, for 10 overs, there'll be a bit of excitement and uh, they will get the viewers. Um, but I watched, it came on immediately after uh, Glenn Hoddle Extra Time. Um, which is a, a documentary on BT Sport, uh, authored by Glenn Hoddle. I've never seen that in the credits before, but at wow. the end of it, it said authored by Glenn Hoddle. Wow. And I presume he's called it Glenn Hoddle Extra Time because he's such a fan of Talk Sport Extra Time. <laughs> yeah. He decided to take it's just a bit of a tribute. No, but it's a terrific documentary. It really is a brilliant documentary. I'm going to say, not, spoiler alert now, Martin, I've got it, I'm going to watch it tonight. And of course, he's one of my footballing heroes. Yeah, I've got, I don't You've got, yeah, but you you recommend it, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's brilliant mm. because it, you think, because he's one of their pundits, that the documentary mm. they make about him is going to be some sort of hagiography mm. and it will mm. just come on and uh, all the great things he did. And obviously, the footage is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the point is made that uh, the outrage of him only ever winning 53 caps. I know it sounds like a, a decent career, but when you think of the players that have won way, way more than 53 caps, uh, a mm. bit of a scandal. And I'll tell you who thinks it's a scandal. Uh, Glenn Hoddle, obvious, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously. There's a great interview uh, or a clip of an interview of him that he did in the 80s um, wearing a yellow Pringle sweater. I'd forgotten those, but um, I, I, I was doing some work at, at Radio 2 at the time and Terry Wogan always used to wear a yellow Pringle sweater, which on Glenn Hoddle looks OK because he had the physique for it. <clears throat> on uh, Wogan, it didn't always look that, that, that great <laughs> but anyway is it it's redolent of the time is oh. what i'm saying so you, you you've Fat got shaming the, the late terry <laughs> <laughs> <Bit harsh. laughs> yeah oh, uh, bless him bless him but and obviously you've got some you've got some wonderful skills and some and some great goals in there oh fantastic yeah. i mean there's all the great goals he scored at monaco some of those um the final one that he scored against uh, oxford united where he um you know he ran virtually from within his own uh, 16 yard but right the way through beat beat everybody really that was a fantastic goal oh, yeah. uh, and then went round the goalie at the end so you've got all that stuff the the one where he outplayed uh, Feyenoord and uh, Johan Cruyff was, was there we night, always yeah. talk about the documentary he did uh, on when he was at Swindon when he got the other players to try and take a free kick like him and they're all looking at him thinking yeah, yeah but you're Glenn Hoddle yeah, there was, yeah. I don't know if they used any of that but he's I can't remember is it um, they didn't use that hasn't no. that was it was uh, Robson what was his first name the West End player oh, Brian oh no oh, no, Pop, no not Pop Robson no 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 uh, yeah. Stuart Robson Stuart no Robson. not Stuart Robson that was, that was another one come back Robson, to me the West End fans remember but he was, he was trying, he said, no, just ping it, put your foot through it like that. And then <laughs> they cut to the player and he just stands at the camera smiling. Yeah, he said, no. well, I get, as you say, Andy, I can't do that because I'm not Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, precisely. And, uh, that used to play well with some, but it didn't play, always play well with everybody. I mean, our old mate Tony Cascarino fairly critical over the yes. years I think of, of Glenn during his time well, at Chelsea. I think the great thing about the documentary is that you know the critical things uh, are fully addressed yeah. head on uh, David Davis is in it David Davis arguably thrown under the bus with that interview with uh, Matt Dickinson the Times where you know I've said before when I've been watching some of these manager documentaries that there's always got to be a touch of a touch of sort of madness or something a little bizarre, a little left of centre. 
to be a football manager. But obviously, in Glenn's case, there was way more. So, Mm. you know, amongst all the things that the FA did wrong over the years, not sort of looking after Glenn in those sort of one-on-one interviews... Um, was, I think, a fatal mistake. And yeah. uh, David Davis is there. And the, and the book as well, you know, because that, again, was an FA thing. Uh, you know, David Davis and Glenn Hoddle did the book about the 98 World Cup. Um, and all these things are addressed. Uh, and there's a great bit with David Baddiel, who um, addresses the issue of, you know, England managers always being attacked by the press, if you like. You know, mm. um, obviously Bobby Robson and, um, well, all of them basically mm. uh, and David Baddiel says sort of it was an era before social media yeah. and it's quite interesting to think that ever what, existed <laughs> well yeah. yeah yeah it's quite interesting that ever existed but it's also quite interesting to think of how those sort of managers who you know they ended up there resigning or whatever um, how if it hadn't been the, for the press, you know, if it had been the immediate reaction by um, by social media, for a start, as Glenn says himself in the programme, they would have been able to uh, to answer back. You know, they would have been able to actually address that. Whereas when it appears in a newspaper, and there isn't any way of um, you know putting your own it, things like um, Gaza, um, did he smash the hotel room up? Did Glenn leave Gaza out of the uh, out of the World Cup because he didn't trust it? because he was injured uh, and he ad- <laughs> he addresses that by saying uh, you know his whole point about not taking Gascoigne uh, to the World Cup he said well you know he was up in Middlesbrough in a house with Merce and I think that more or less um, sums up his you know his position yeah. on um, uh, you know on, on Gaza it yeah. was about about fitness and it was about Gaza's lifestyle really at that point but uh, it was a subtle point that you couldn't really that was hard to get across um, in um, in the newspapers at the time, you know, in the in the conversation was going on, and um, the, the the bit he does with David Baddiel is absolutely brilliant because um, David Baddiel is putting these issues to him about the perception that he left Beckham out in the first match and uh, that he didn't take Gaza with him and all that. Um, and of course, he's a bit undermined by the fact that you know he was saying that the the media or David Baddiel was saying that the media was unkind to Glenn Hoddle and misunderstood him. Mm. Uh, and then they followed that with an actual clip, which you two may very well have produced from uh, Fantasy World Cup, where they had, uh, yeah, as Glenn pointed out, he said, "Well, hang on, David, you dressed up as Eileen Drury." And yeah. Of course, David Baddiel did dress up as Eileen Drury, and they yeah. had that big. Big Glenn Hoddle head on a box. It was a big cornflake box. It was a big cornflake box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden moments of television. Yeah. But uh, the, <laughs> you know, the great thing is that all this isn't left to lie. It's a long documentary, mm. but I thought it was uh, fantastic. I mean, it, the clips are great, the interviews are good. It's um, it's brilliant. Well, well worth watching. After get back, there's no such thing as a long documentary anymore, Martin. No, all that's, best that's true. Um, that's true. We're out of time. You're back overnight. I take it. Yes, I am. I am. If this uh, equipment keeps working, I will be back. Yeah, one a.m. You'll be able to follow the cricket. Yes. Yeah, well, perfect. Well, John Norman will uh, will join us at intervals uh, during good. the show. So yeah, it'll be fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Time then to look at the non-sporting TV with the Brighton and Hove Albion regular. Well, unfortunately, robbed of a game at the weekend, um, yes. but for good for good reason. Mike Ward joins us from the Star. Good afternoon, Mike. I got a mild calf injury, anyway. So. Yeah, I'll have you really. So you couldn't have played. Nah. No, it's nah. a shame. Uh, how are the Brighton fans feeling about this? They're just are they sort of fairly sort of stoic about it. Really? I mean, it's yeah, not much we can do about it, is there? It's not a lot you could do about it. But it's strange, isn't it? It's, it's this, that's just that frustration you've always had ever since you were a kid, where you're, psychologically, you sort of build up for the next one, don't you? And in, in your head, that's going to be at you know two o'clock on Sunday. Well, it yeah. wasn't when I was a kid; it was three o'clock Saturday. But anyway, <laughs> so there's that. So you feel slightly sulky almost. Yeah, you've, been, you've been done out of another one-one draw. I yeah, feel for you. <laughs> well, crushing. I think we're playing Man United in the Women's uh, Super League on BBC Two. So that's that's something. Okay. That's go. good. So um, Vienna blood. Yes. Um, nothing to do with Rigsby's cat. I take it. Not a dark take <laughs> on that particular story. And what a thought. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. This is this is a period. I don't know if you've seen this before. It's um, a period crime drama. It's BBC Two tonight, nine o'clock. It's a series, uh, second series, um, starting the first ones on the iPlayer. Um, set in the early 1900s in Vienna, not surprisingly, and it's yet another sort of unlikely crime-solving partnership, in this case between a Viennese police officer and a young guy who's, who's basically a neurologist, neurologist who's fascinated by the dark workings of the human mind. So he's sort of, you know, um, studies uh, Freud, etc., etc. So they, they have really very little in common. So it's yet another these chalk and cheese things. But it's got a slightly... Um, I wouldn't say comic, but it's a darkly wry tone mm. to it, which makes it sort of quite engaging beyond just the obvious sort of police procedural type of thing. Mm. And obviously with that period setting as well, it's, uh, Sounds it's, good. it's quite yeah, engaging, well, yeah. You know, so this is the second series. I never watched... Um, it's the first still available on the iPlayer. Yeah, it is, okay. yeah. So they're doing this thing where they'll, the first of the second series goes out tonight and the rest of the second series will be up there as well. So technically over the weekend you could watch... I, th I think it's only three well, episodes each. Well, but quite likely sort of time. period detective things. I'll give it yeah. a crack. Yeah, Grayson's art club was it was it was very good during lockdown, and uh, he's back, is he? He is, yeah, just for a one-off. This is uh, tonight, uh, Channel 4, 9 o'clock, an exhibition for Britain. So he was always talking right at the start when he started doing the art club on Channel 4, uh, uh, you know, about six or seven lockdowns ago, uh, that he was going to put on an exhibition of the um, uh, the artworks that people were, were sending in for him. And this is it. It's, I think it opened a few days ago at uh, Bristol Museum. And it's going to run till next September. But this is just the story of how that exhibition came about. And he meets some of the people who he goes, pays a visit to some of the people who actually contributed. Um, he, I think he's, he's apologizes to Andy for not using any of his. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just, again, as we've said about this program many, many times, it's, it's one of those strangely positive things that came out of a very sort of grim situation. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, it's good fun. I've got a horrible feeling be back in January. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Go on, Andy, cheer be... us all up, mate. Take us into the weekend with. <laughs> Smile. Yeah, it's going to be 52 weeks a year, yeah. that's being honest. But at least we've got Grayson. Channel 4, 8pm. Uh, yep. I'm a celebrity, 9 o'clock. Yep. Uh, David, I mean, he is a lovely fella, and that's come across. Um, yeah, and amazingly. He's, he's, he's favourite, isn't he? He's hot favourite, yeah. yeah. I mean, from almost the first night, I think originally he was some, something like sort of third or fourth in the betting, but basically as soon as he started being there people suddenly realise what he was like and he's just he's been the father of the camp mm. if you like he's the guy who sort of keeps everything together but he's had a few wobbly moments of his own but he's always been the one who's sort of you know the shoulders to cry on or being quite stoic about the whole experience 
Um, uh, Frankie Bridge second. Frankie Bridge is the only woman left. So yeah. after that, Danny Miller, Simon Gregson, Adam Woodgett, and um, can't remember the other one. Is that it? Might, might, might be it. Yeah, yeah. So and, the, uh, I haven't I'm, watched a, man, a minute of you it. Haven't watched it. A I've second. just kind of seen it in the background while I've been doing other stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah, definitely it's, been on. Yeah, yeah it's definitely been thing. on. And Anton Deck have been on great form as always. Mm-hmm. So a word to them. And uh, I know one of their writers, Andy Milligan, who's a top guy and a very good writer. And they have a good it's team written. working with them, which is why they're able to get mentioned in the House of Commons. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? (laughs) So, um, uh, what else we got for you? Real Stories, BBC Two. Is this a bit like a kind of uh, equivalent of the Piers Morgan life stories? This is, well, from a slightly more uh, sort of music-based perspective, yeah. So... um, uh, 9.25, BBC2 tomorrow night. Dermot O'Leary interviews, in this particular instance, there's various other episodes of this on the iPro as well, uh, staying, talking about his career way back to sort of late 70s with the police and then um, Live Aid, the, the, the reunion they did in the early 2000s, which I went to see actually, it was quite good. Um, and also the, the, the solo career, which is at this moment as well. He's, strangely enough, he's got a new album out, so that's handy because it's almost like promoting it. <laughs> it is. It's strangely, a great idea. Yeah. I do love your line, though. Sting sits down with Dermot O'Leary, better still he talks to him. That's yes, beautiful. absolutely. That's yes. beautiful. That would just beautiful. do a staring competition. That would actually be a staring competition. It would be a good Channel 5 show, but not for the yeah. moment. Anyway, yeah. Sting, I think Sting would indulge it. He could sit there and smile for he about would, an actually, hour. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And I love win. his voice. I do. I love his music, but I... I you don't want to hear him. I don't think he's that interesting. You'll be doing a bit of... No, you won't. Anyway, um, <laughs> now, Strictly's on. Yes. And um, Strictly the real full Monty. Oh, sorry, Strictly the real yeah, Strictly. Five the past two. seven. We're in the semi-final stage now, yes. I understand. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow night we've got Strictly the, the, the semi-final. Rose Ailing Ellis from EastEnders is, is, is the Davijinola of the competition. She's so far ahead, it's, it's mm. almost impossible unless she sort of trips over for her to not, <laughs> not to win it, to be perfectly honest. I've watched uh, the whole... Excuse me, hello. Oh, hi. Yeah, hi. I've watched the whole... <laughs> Really, yeah. I've watched the whole series. You're and right, man. I've noticed that uh, <laughs> Tess Daly, not yes. Tess Daly, which is yeah. very popular at the moment, Te- but yeah. Tess Daly. We should Tess Daly. We should, oh. should yeah. we, yeah. She she's, could do a promotion for that. She's got this thing, yeah, sorry, if you watch yeah. it, she's got this thing that went between when the dancers finish yeah. and when the judges give their appraisal. Yeah. There's a sort of lot of applause and she feels the need to sort of fill in with noises. And you think, what's that? She makes noises. She makes noises. Can you give it to us again briefly? It's a bit silly, that, isn't it? It reminds me of Maybe she's looking to bring back um, you just think you don't need eight. to do it. Just let them applaud. That's fine. Yeah. We don't need to hear you making these strange noises. Filling in with noise is ultimately yeah. what being a TV presenter is <laughs> in, 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 in a way. But I know what you mean. That's yeah. an autobiography. Yeah. Yeah. So filling do, yeah. in with noise. Do look, do, do look out. Ah, do look out for that. Yes. Um, do listen out for that. Obviously. Yeah. Now Sunday, mm. um, Simon Cowell's got a new musical talent show. Yeah, doesn't it, it? I mean, mm. you know, haven't we? Is there, anything, is there anything left? What, what's the angle on this one? The Why angle is it on different? this one, right? Okay, I've tried to get hold of a preview of this, and I haven't done it. So I've just, I've just read what what it's meant to be. So mm. I've probably got this all wrong. But as far as I can make out, basically, uh, Maya Jama is the presenter. Yeah. There's a panel of judges, as mm. per usual: Gary Barlow, Alicia Dixon, Craig David, and for some reason, Dawn French. Right. Okay. Um, and the five acts per night, six nights on the trot, and each night at the end, the winning act, according to the judges, can win ten thousand pounds. They then have the choice to either take that and go home and have, you know and, and go out for a drink with it, um, or they don't have to go out for a drink; they can do anything with it. And or they can stay in the competition with the possibility that at the end, if they last that through the six nights, of winning half a million. 
Right. The mm. gamble is based on whether, as far as I can see, the gamble is based on whether the public vote mm. is the... Um, actually, that means it's live, doesn't it? There you go. That might be why I was not seeing a preview. Oh, do you know what? That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what reason I said? Because I, I, I saw I saw a trailer for this. I don't think it was a trailer yeah, for it. Probably, they probably did a pilot. I probably so did a pilot, although no, so you can probably get the, the series the without The thing is, pilot. we know what British viewers are anyway. like. We know what they're going to do. As soon as an act says... Uh, you know, and I, I won't take the 10,000, I'll stay on there. They're all going to vote for everybody else. Yes. Yeah. You know. yeah. I was so hoping you were going to say Gary Barlow, Alicia Dixon, Craig Davis, and for some reason, um, Derek Hales, the former Charlton striker. <laughs> yes. But it was, Dawn French wasn't quite the leap I was hoping for. John Dahl Thomas. It's about there. Yeah. <laughs> not much in here, I'd say. Not. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Uh, Mike, sorry we've ruined your weekend, Tottenham. Um, it's not our fault. Well, well, you'll ruin it a few weeks' time. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks Cheers, guys. Much. Take care. There we are, the Stars TV reviewer, Mike Ward. That's us. We're done. Okay. Just a quick one for David Baddiel's programme on Sunday night. It's with Social Media Anger and Us. So okay, yeah. Go and check that. What time? That nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Okay, excellent. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again on uh, Monday, reflecting on the the weekend's football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have a good Difficult weekend. Then. For you, really. See, I was. I feel for you, really, because it's a bit empty, isn't it? Your yeah. Weekend no with game. No, no game again yeah. after what happened with midweek and what happened with. Uh, yeah. Well, Ren, you didn't. That didn't matter. No. But, yeah, the league. The, Burnley a couple of weeks ago. It's been. Yeah, a couple, yeah. Got a bit of a backlog. But anyway. Um, have a great weekend. We will catch up with you on Monday from one. If you can't join us, the podcast will be available about four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 